Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. I am Drew Hicks. My name is Blair Hicks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. And it's our first episode of 2019. The future. The future. The far off future. <laughs> it does. I know a lot of people have said this. The 20 blank does make everything sound super futurific. You, you know, a year from now, it'll 2020. be 2020. 2020. Yeah. That's the... That's the year that the Death Race sequel takes place. That's true. Yeah, the comic book, right? Actually, yeah. there there are three there are three films I can think of that take place in the year 2019, and they all kind of depict I guess a sort of samey future. 2019, they're all in 2019 they're specifically. All in 2019, and you know all three of these movies. Huh. Yep. You think I could guess them? I think you can guess them. I mean, I, I mean, 2019 off the top of my head doesn't get good. Can you, can you give me like a little hint? Like a little nugget yeah. of a hint? Let me give you a little something. Hmm. <laughs> I'll tr- um, okay, let's start here. How do I want to do this? Shoot, because it's so hard to talk about these three movies without giving everything away. Are they, are they like big concept films? One is about a game show. Uh, rollerball? No, good guess though. Running Man. Running Man. <laughs> the Running Man takes place in 2019. 2019. Okay. Great. Okay. So Richard Stay. Dawson is still alive. He's coming back. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So stay on the West Coast. Okay. Another film. It's uh Um You can't just nod your head at me. That's yeah, I know. It's just so tough to talk about these films. Like how do I okay, how do I hit this? Like, um, uh, do you want actors that are in it? Do you want yeah, like a famous line? Uh, ooh, either one. Okay. Either or. Um, let's go with... Uh, well, I mean, the, the famous line from the movie is, it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner. There you go. Blade Runner. I just I just watch it. It's pretty. I don't pay attention. Okay, so Blade Runner helped... Uh, Blade Runner said in 2019. 2019. Huh? Los Angeles 2019. That's, then, the, that's the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Columns um, of fire. Whose eye is it? Is it God's eye? Um, so uh, the last film that I know of set in 2019 actually took some of its production design inspiration from Blade Runner. Came out at a similar time, late 80s. It's an animated film. Akira? Akira. Oh, well, I didn't do too bad. No, you did good, man. I'm, I'm ashamed I didn't know the line from Blade Runner. But I have been looking forward to the year 2019 since I was in high school. <laughs> like, how's, it, how's it panning out for you? <laughs> well, in some ways better in, yeah. that, in that we don't live in, you know. Dystopian hell. Yeah, yeah. San, San Angeles or whatever they call it with the fire coming out of towers and replicants running wild. Tokyo and, looks real good. Tokyo's looking a lot better than Neo-Tokyo, yeah. tell you what. that's... It didn't get bombed in 1993, so they're doing okay. <laughs> I was joking before the podcast that nine years ago we made contact and averted the Cold War. So that's mm. nice. That's nice that that's... Yeah. And I guess if, like, American Ninja Warrior was a death sport, we'd kind of be pretty close to Running Man, but... <laughs> there, are, there are shades. There shades. are shades of that. Shades of Running Man. You know, the, fu- the future is always unwritten. Yeah. The future is always unwritten, Drew. 
Well, it's it's good proof that Hollywood tends to, and I guess by extension, the Japanese film industry tends to like really underestimate the amount of time it's going to take. It's like when you watch movies from like the 1940s and it's like, someday man may walk on the moon. Who yeah. knows what we'll find there? And it's like men in business suits walking on the lunar surface. Right. Like, movies. In the e- far off year of 1981, man e- has conquered the star. It's easy It's easy <laughs> to get down on sci-fi. I heard somebody the, the other day on a sci-fi documentary saying like, it's a shame that, they didn't call science fiction science fiction speculative fiction just from the get go because sure. it would cover all the like where's my hoverboard mm-hmm. you go like well it's speculative fiction yeah we're speculating that was 2015 right in 2015. back to the future 2 That's right because right. it's 30 30 yeah. 30 year splits yeah one year away from getting the cubs right though so there you go <laughs> <laughs> i know i know facts about sports yeah very limited facts about sports well it's our first episode of 2019 we're coming hot off of our december event hail santa which i Uh, think went really well it went super well we had a great turnout lots of people were there and almost every single person was a first timer which was really nice to see yeah i I think it was probably like a 70 30 split because we did have a like a it was funny like the 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 regulars sat in the back there was Mm -hmm. like a cool kids table in the back where everyone has their arms crossed Mm -hmm. Like, we've heard these dumb fucks. I'm not paying attention to these guys anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really... And people were really engaged, and it was fun because we were setting up, and people... I, uh, we had only, in the last couple of days, put up what movies we were actually showing. Yeah. So it was in the paper and stuff like that, and mm-hmm, people were mm-hmm. like, are they going to show this? Are they going to show this? Yeah. And uh, and they weren't bad suggestions. Like, Yeah, for the most part. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing something like that again. I like... I like that we took a little break and showed some some holiday special stuff, but we're we're back in the saddle for January. We're back to Righteous Trash, showing movies we actually love. So, um, and uh, the final Friday of January at Kunstler uh, at eight PM, we're going to show Stay Tuned. I'm super excited about Stay Tuned. Yeah, you know, we made a big list and we cut out a lot of really great films, and in the end, Stay Tuned survived the whole thing, and I'm really glad. It's a it's a super weird film, and I think. You know, we talked a little bit about this recently, but like it's one of those films that either people saw and they seem to kind of forget that they saw it. They're like, oh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Or they've never seen it and you tell them who's in it and what what it's about. And they're like, that got made. Yeah. (laughs) It's like both of those reactions are excellent. And we we talked a little bit about this last night, just sort of talking about the film. And I'm sure we'll get into it later on the now showing podcast. Yeah. 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 um, I think a a great thing that it's doing is. since the uh, Planet X uh, re-up, you know, mm, since October, mm. um, we really haven't shown a video store movie. And I think of Stay Tuned as, like, video store culture. Mm. There's, like, drive-in culture. Sure. And, and there's all these little sub-genres of, of, of sort of misfit films that we like. And um, Stay Tuned to me is a movie that even the people I know who have seen it, which are, like, people have seen Stay Tuned. Sure, yeah. But I don't know anyone who saw it in the theater. I know. Yeah, I'd be really. We should pull up like when we do the now showing for it. I'll go pull up like the box office stuff and see like what was coming out in and around there. Yeah, because the the trailer for it is actually kind of interesting. Quite good. I think it was a summer film. We need to. We just need to double it's check certainly, this stuff. It certainly laid played up like a summer film, like yeah, in the trailer, a family comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's like something for like, everybody. Wow, this movie is weird. And it got it got a PG rating, right? Yes. Not thirteen. I yeah. Don't. I don't think it got the 13, although it's weird. Yeah, it's so it's, a, it's that good era of like... You know, honest, 
PG and PG-13 don't really mean anything. Well, PG-13 was super new, right? Right. PG-13 didn't come along until 87, I think. After what, Gremlins and Gremlins and, Die and Temple of Doom. Oh, Temple of Doom. Temple Gremlins Doom. and Temple of Doom came out in the same year. Both Spielberg picks, which is kind of cool. I think that's still when he was kind of pushing that. Thanks, like, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> still when he was kind of trying some stuff out. Um, so, yeah, they didn't get it right. But you know what I bet? I bet that because it got the PG and not the 13, that's one of the reasons why you and I know a lot of people that saw it from video stores. Oh, because you could rent it without well, your parents. the cover art was awesome. Oh, it was And fantastic. it was about the devil. And then you hand it to your parents, and they'd flip it over and go, like, PG, fine, whatever. Like, I'm sure this is nothing. John Ritter's in it. Can't well, be that bad. <laughs> and it's it's a, it's basically, it's like a, it's like watching a really strange episode of Saturday Night Live, because it just goes from, like, parody to parody to parody to parody. And yeah. There's actual Chuck Jones animation. It's a great it's cool. movie. Yeah, it's super so, cool. Anyway, super excited about that. And also, we haven't made up a new movie in, like, two weeks. We had a holiday yeah. party, and we did a now showing... And I'm very proud of those episodes, and I mm-hmm. thought they were really good. But boy, we're rusty, dude. We need to yeah, we, we need to uh, make us up a movie here. It has been a second. Uh, with the holidays, things got crazy. I was out of the country, and I was sitting around, <laughs> you know, uh, growing bed sores like you do. Good lord. Uh, yeah. It, so I don't know. Things life got in the way, but we did put out. Uh, an episode a little bit late, but we're still on schedule. We're gonna put this one out, but it it has been a minute, so we gotta dust off the uh, the old fountain pens, shake it out, the typewriters, and shake it out, whatever it is we use to. Get I like to imagine we use that typewriter from Naked Lunch to write these things. Oh yeah, no, I always imagine that instead of this coffee cup or my beer, it's just like a giant alien's head that I'm just sipping <laughs> sipping inspiration juice out of. Um, Delicious awesome coffee. Oh, one thing that did come up. Uh, last night that um, I wanted just just to follow up on before we get get to making this movie, uh, I I did like a little mini presentation on how Rankin Bass is actually connected to the modern anime industry, um, and I don't do a ton of that stuff at screenings. I try to do a little bit of like film theory, but I I try to keep it really light. But I did kind of do a deep dive, and people really appreciate it. There were like two or three people that were like, "That was really fucking interesting." Well, the reveal on that is it, it's good, right? To, to be fair to you, you did you did a very good job because. It's an interesting story, but if you tell it the way that you told it, which is like one little block at a yeah. time, that last block that you drops, go like, what the what fuck? the hell? It's like a Planet <laughs> X movie. Yeah. Way, like. So I think what I want to do, I'm not going to promise this, but I may sit down and record that as a special episode, and just do like a little 10 or 15 minute lecture on it. I hadn't talked to you about it off mic, but yeah, sure. I think it could be kind of cool and and see if people enjoy that and and see if it's interesting to people. Rankin Bass is because I didn't get to talk about it on the on the now showing. I hadn't done the research yet. Yeah, which is a little peek behind the curtain there. Folks. The, now, the now showing on that was really interesting because we kind of we were so caught up in the fact that we were sort of showing lousy stuff um, that we we had to catch ourselves about halfway through and go like, oh, we're really shitting on Rankin Bass. We actually really love Rankin Bass, and yeah. um, so I mean, yeah, there's tons of things about Rankin Bass, especially like the people who did voice work, the actual animators yeah, themselves, yeah. which was a lot of what you were talking about. Yeah, I about. mostly talked about the animation um, process last night. The music, which we sort of endlessly make fun of, is actually really, really fascinating. Again, like they came up in the now showing the guy who wrote Rudolph yeah, yeah. the Red-Nosed Reindeer writes that song. So Rankin-Bass is like a rabbit hole you can go down. It's, it's really it's, interesting. It's kind of yeah. like Don Bluth films, like the deep, for sure. the deeper you go, the more you go like, 
oh wow like there's some garbage here but what's good is really 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 good yeah and i would compare it to like canon films right like a lot of people know about canon that's and they're like and they yeah studying studios and production companies is really cool especially when they're little like that and they're like they do really weird creative stuff because yeah like how many people did roger corman give their give a career to Right, because oh, he just just countless armies of people, armies of people, and he'd yeah. always start them off as editors because he was like, if you can edit, you can do everything else, and like you would sit in the editing bay with Roger Corman for weeks at a time, and then you knew what a good shot was, you knew what a bad shot was, you knew what a good performance was, you knew what a good take was, and then he would start working you up to like, okay, now you can direct, now you can produce, like, I mean, that guy made hundreds of people's careers. Yeah, I mean, and and and, and the stuff- same true of Canon and Rankin Bass, and it's just it's cool. Yeah, it's very very cool. Uh- <laughs> And and oh, to uh, before I forget, um, I did do a little more. This is going way back to Time Cop, but um, I have done a little bit of the research about where Dark Horse Comics came from and how they got that together. Cool, I think and that can be a special my episode. God, man. that no, that that needs to be a documentary. We need to <laughs> go fund me. I can't do it. Just go fund me, and I'll write a check for somebody. This is classic Blair. He wants you to create a GoFundMe for him, and to manage it, and to contribute to it. So I'm a hardworking man. He's a hardworking. I'm man. a hardworking. John Henry over here. That's right. Okay, but we're not here to talk about the studio system and beg you for money. On this podcast, we take your suggestions for new righteous trash films, and we turn them into uh, fully fleshed out ideas. We cast them, uh, we place them in history, and then we put them up on the planet shelf or the planet X movie shelf in the archives in the archives we sure do do you have a movie title for us this week i do but uh i want to give a quick reminder the ways you can get those titles to us you can email us at planetxcinema@gmail.com. you can go to our website planetxcinema.com and click on the submit button uh you can hit us up on instagram or facebook and uh, we will put it there and if you write a review for the show uh on itunes or, or wherever else and you drop a movie title suggestion in that comment uh we will do it on the show so we probably won't fully flesh it out like we do all of them, but we will at least give it a mention. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. If it's good enough, like we might do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, or maybe we round up a whole bunch into a rapid fire episode or something. But um, please give those please give those likes and reviews. It's that's how we spread the word about the show. Share the show with somebody. The numbers have been growing really nicely. People are sending in movie title suggestions, just like this one. Uh oh. And this week we have this week uh, Charles Rogers brings us a title suggestion. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. The title is. Mind Crimes. Oh, it's very good. It's good. Uh, I don't know if this is important, but he has stylized it all capital letters with spaces in between them. Oh, that's very... Which is why I said it. I, Mind I, I know this fool. That is very Charles. That's... <laughs> Yeah, he's got a thing with syntax like he likes to put in like parentheses and stuff. he's in a whole bunch and they're all like this and or this guy can <laughs> like, write options that's the I thing like guy can write and... but i like mind crimes you know what? And it... not just because it's the name of a queen's right <laughs> <laughs> it is operation mind crime operation mind crime yeah it was, i think it's a rock opera i think queen's strike did a man i'm gonna have to go was look it, that oh up. was it um i think it might have been on a um <laughs> an episode of a, a, a movie uh, a music podcast where they create um, music genres beyond and yacht I think rock. it might uh, yeah beyond yeah, yacht yeah. rock I think it might have either been on uh, George Orwave or on <laughs> the, they created a genre God, those guys are good. they created a genre just for um uh uh rock uh, rock opera or uh, okay. uh, or concept albums set oh, okay. in uh dystopian futures well, in which rock that. and roll it is that. Yeah. well the the name of that genre is 
dystopian future in which rock and roll had been outlawed. It's just one <laughs> word with no spaces. This has many spaces. This has many spaces. Many um, spaces. But let's let's avoid sure. copyright infringement with Queensryche. Right. And also, let's just... Um, we're not doing Minority Report. We're not doing Minority Report. Yeah, that is where your mind goes, right? I mean, it that instantly movie goes there, like, so we just have to go, like, we're not doing Minority Report. Yeah, it's like Report. Minority Report and Inception are both movies that, like, when they came out, people were real spun up on them, and now people kind of make fun of them a lot. I still but you, like Minority Report. But you got, you got to kind of give them credit. Like, they did do a thing that, like, it took us a long time to get to mind crimes. Yeah. And then they did it. They did it. It didn't take Philip Dick that long, but it took Hollywood that Sure, long. it took Hollywood a while to catch up. To catch up, yeah. Um, you know, so, I have a, can I tell a funny story about Inception? Sure. Uh, I, I, Inception and Thor The Dark World share uh, a quality for me, which is that the first time I watched them, I got so drunk I couldn't remember the last act because they're so <laughs> fucking long. And I actually, I, I kind of like both of those movies. I think people give the second Thor movie a bad rap, and it's really very good. The third it's very act, comic book The third act isn't great. It's very comic book but it's I, I don't I don't dislike it. So I both times, I woke up the next day, and I was like, all right, I got to get through this film. Again, at night, and fell asleep. And I, I think I had to watch both of those <laughs> movies like baby. four or five times. Baby boy. So I kept being like, all right, I'm going to rent Thor The Dark World. And sure enough, by act two, I'd be like... Well, I'm at this. I'm at the bottom of this bottle of wine. I guess yeah, I'm getting pretty yeah, sleepy. Like, yeah. Okay, but mind crimes. Mind, mind crimes. Crime. Crimes of the mind. Crimes in minds. Okay. Crimes committed with minds. We could do psychic stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I keep every idea I've come up with so far. I've instantly shot down in my head because I'm like, oh, that's basically Minority Report, dude. Like. <laughs> yeah. Not just the precognitive thing, but the sort of like scanners territory if you go psychic, right? Yeah, that's and I love scanners. Scanners is a cool movie. But there's no point in us making scanners, although it's not a bad place to draw from. Um, yeah, scanners has such a cool story. Minecraft are we gonna do are we gonna do a police procedural? Oh, okay. No, that's really good. Let's, or, we're focusing a lot on the mind part. Let's go to the crime part. Let, let's, I like that. Let's talk that's about good. this like time cop. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the focus on that was way more on the time and less on the cop. Maybe if yeah. we start with mm-hmm. the maybe if we start with the crime part, the mind part comes later. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Okay, so let's go crime. So, do we want this to be a movie about criminals? Like, do we tell it like? Ocean's Eleven from the perspective of the criminals. Oh, I see. Like a cape, even if it's not yeah. a heist film, but a, like from the caper. criminals' point of view, like Caper's it's a, a caper film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So All that right. could be kind of fun. It could be like, hmm. I mean, okay. I guess <laughs> there's a shitty version of this where it's just about like intellectual property theft. <laughs> oh, that's what we do. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. about us, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. I always wanted to be in a movie. Planet X Cinema Podcast: Colon Mind Crimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we're so getting sued. Okay, it's just crime, a, but like, okay, do we go mafia? Do we go heist? Do we go? God, a, like a caper feels really fun. A caper, but I don't know how you do that with like psychic stuff. Well, I oh, because it starts to feel Is real fifty fifty. Yeah, or does it turn into now you see me where it's like we're psychics and we use it to commit crimes? Oh my god, that movie. Oh, I watched all of those too. There's like three of them, I think. I watched them. I think that's another one where I kind of like, I kind of went went memes on the last act and had to watch it again. Oh, so bad. Because I was like, wait, Mark Ruffalo is a magic Egyptian? The fuck? 
then, yeah, the next day I was like, oh yeah, what? Mark Ruffalo is a magic Egyptian. What can't he do? <laughs> what can't what can't he do? Uh, um, oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen that. It's it's a thing. That we should have just called the podcast spoiler alert because anytime we talk about a film, we're like, you know, at the end of the hidden, like, and it's yeah. just like, you know, at the end of the gate, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, oh, well, but you know what? If you if you're coming to the podcast, like, you got to be ready. You for know that. the canon. Yeah. You know yeah. the. Yeah, you know the canon of films. Probably. Um, mind crimes. Well, mind crimes. It's it's very interesting because it suggests a bunch of things like, okay, um, you go like, oh, psychic criminals, and you go like, are you just writing an X-Men comic? Because that sounds like an X-Men comic, you know? Yeah. Um, what if it was about, like, psychological manipulation? Like, like soft. I mean, I, okay, this isn't very Planet X, right? This is like an actual movie that would come out, but like social engineering. Okay. Where like, you know, people walk into a business and say like, oh, I'm a consultant that I'm supposed to meet with somebody, but they already checked the calendar and they know that person's not there. And they're like, well, we'll just wait in this conference room. And then like while they're in the conference room, they're like writing down secrets and like, you're like, they're using social engineering to get into places. Okay. So they're mind crimes. So that doesn't feel very Planet X-y. So, but I think I have a solution to that. Okay. I like that. Let's follow the leadership of two people we respect. Okay. Joe Bob Briggs. We're not doing a 50-50. Yeah. So St. Joe Bob. St. Saint, Saint Bob. <laughs> we crossed ourselves. You can't. It's good podcasting. Um, is he? But the other thing is that you <laughs> know, know, Phil, Philip Dick wrote a lot of books where he would take like that idea and yeah. then just go, I'm going to I'm gonna put this psychic social engineering business in a bizarre mm. science fiction context but most of the story is that social engineering part. okay what if yeah okay this is cool what if we okay i'm going to suggest that we do something really restrained let's do a movie about psychic crime okay but the psychic powers are limited to gleaming surface thoughts and putting suggestions into people's heads what is this psych are we making psych no no no. i'm saying like it's psychic powers oh okay like there's this guy and he's if and it's david carradine and if you put him in a room with a senator he can like glean thoughts off the guy and so like he leaves the room and the senator's like i didn't tell him anything and he's like i have nuclear launch codes now or i have i know the the password to his safe or like I know where his mistress lives or something. It's like, oh fuck, how did he get that? And it's not like it's not like he can move shit with his brain or he can blow up people's heads like in scanners. I've got an idea. Okay. Could we do tell me if this is too minority report? I think it might be enough for us to make a movie out of it. I, I want you okay. to go someplace far off because I feel like I'm grounding this. No, thing no, too no, much. no, no, no. I I like Take the us idea. into Philip Dickland. Okay. Well why don't why don't we have two diametrically opposed individuals? So okay. Okay. we we have um, we have the person that's social engineering, or mm, mm. The, the bad psychic, okay. and then we have good psychic, and it's like mm. David Carradine and Peter Weller, right? Okay, like, cool. And, yeah, you know they like they they even kind of look alike. Sure, you know they kind of have the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then we're doing a film that's more um, sort of two guys circling around each other. Okay, right, with similar abilities. Um, is that good or every time I come up with an idea like that, I go like, that's going to be really fun. And then I'm like, actually, that's kind of why a lot of Marvel movies aren't fun is because the bad guy is just the good guy. What flipped. was that? What was that independent Spanish movie 
where Luck was like a literal. I can never remember the name of this movie. It's amazing. Fuck, what's the name of that movie? Um, I even know who showed it to me. It's fucking great. It's it, it, basically the world's luckiest people sitting around placing insane bets. Like they they sit around a table and a poisonous uh, animal is put on all of their heads, and you know whoever dies doesn't die intact. Intact or okay. intacto. It's intacto. in it's intacto. And yeah. Cool. So in intacto, the premise of the film is that luck is a physical force. And that there are people who can steal luck. Yes. And they get together and they have a contest. There's a Highlander element to that, actually. Oh, it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the first contest is, like, they're all blindfolded and they just walk Ru- through the woods. Oh, and they have their hands tied behind yeah, their yeah, yeah. back and they're running full speed running through running, the woods. That's right, yeah. And it's, it's like, like great who hits scene. trees and who doesn't? Oh, and then, like, so in the last one, they load good. a gun with five bullets and one empty chamber and they play Russian roulette. Play Russian roulette. So cool. It's such a, a cool fucking concept. God, it's been a okay, while, okay. too. I need to watch that. So, so what if we took your idea, right, that mm-hmm. there's these two guys... They're not good and bad. They're both crooks. Okay. Okay. And they're part Scanners-esque. They're part of like a loose brotherhood of psychics. Okay. They're all these people that have like low-grade psychic powers. Okay. I I think some of them are like a little precognitive, but they can only see like, you know, a minute or 10 minutes into the future. They can't see like far off stuff. Well, it's the difference between like spoon benders and people that can like shove furniture over. right i don't want people that can shove furniture right okay i think if there are people who can move stuff they can like snatch a phone from across the room right or they can like whatever they can like stop a knife in midair but they can't like throw furniture and then you've got guys who can read minds you've got guys who can send messages but that's like the extent right okay and there's there's guys on both sides good and bad our movie follows peter weller and David Carradine, who are both... want to just cast them? Yeah, they're in, as far as... I mean, I think Peter Weller is better casting than David Carradine, because, like, <laughs> again, like, that guy looks great. Um, Guy's got good luck. Super piercing eyes, too, right? It's oh, great for a psychic character. So what if they're criminals, and the whole thing is they're, they're like, one-upping each other? And so, like, there's, like, we can introduce this whole... The whole movie takes place in the psychic criminal underworld, and then you're cutting to the like good guy cardboard cops who are trying to like crack like okay so we have a, a non-psychic protagonist oh so they're like batman the animated series cops we're just just cops you understand what yeah, i'm saying and i think we can i think we can put somebody on the cop team so we can like cut to them and they're like they're like it's not a regular crime this is a super crime like these guys are coming together to like right. compete for the big thing i don't know what the big thing is and at the end of the you know what at the end of the movie it can be a fucking briefcase with a single dollar bill in it like, they're just doing it for shits. Oh, that's fun. Like, it's a gentleman's bet, right? Like, from Trading Places. Oh, I like that very much. But then the movie becomes, who is David Carradine and who is Peter Weller? What are their psychic powers? But, like, like I imagine them, like, walking into a club, right? And it's in, like, the near future of 2019. And, like, But, like, you know, they walk to, like, a poker table and, like, they won't play with precogs. This is good. This is actually going to end Or something. Up- like, is it, like... No, I think this is good. I want to add to this. I think that we're actually setting ourselves up to make a character-based film. And yes. Not, uh, and so I think... Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. The psychic powers so, need to take a backseat to the fun criminal caper I think, stuff. I think the basic question you have to ask about these two guys, is it a situation where they have a close relationship? Like, they were very close when they were young. And they were so, the, mm. A lot of movies like that. Sure, sure. A lot of movies are like, one goes bad, one goes good. doesn't matter if they're brothers or if they grow up together or they're friends mm. or whatever. Or are they two people from completely different backgrounds and yeah. then find each other Highlander style through, 
you know, just years of wading through this criminal underground. Mm. I think that's the main choice you have to make because once you make that you go like well if they grew up together then we have a bunch of options they're brothers they grew up in a foster home they were friends they lived down the street from each other they you know um, i like i like they went to summer camp together you know like that kind I of i like thing. embedding it in the plot in the sense that like their relationship is is um, a vehicle for the plot so we don't have to get into like they were soldiers together or something. Well, see, like, I you would can literally just say like, I would rather make it much more grounded and just say that like one of them grew up in New York, one of them grew up in LA and that the finale of the film takes place in Chicago. And that way everything's moving towards. The see, I'm thinking I, like, I'm thinking more like they know about each other and like, oh, maybe, no, I think they, they absolutely ran on the same it. crew. And then like one of them betrayed the other one. And now they're like, cause oh. then, cause then you get to do the whole thing where like, they kind of seem like they hate each other, but they have this like begrudging respect. And they're going after the same target the whole time. And they're using all their tricks, right? They're like subtly manipulating people with their Jedi mind tricks. And they're like gleaming passwords off people's heads. And meanwhile, the cops are chasing them down. And it gets to the end of the movie. They get the MacGuffin. They kick it open. It's a single dollar bill. And they're both like, all right, you got me, asshole. See you next time. (laughs) Mind crimes. All right, so (laughs) important production question. Are we setting this in just a parallel current time? Or are we setting it in a... Like it, 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 we were talking about, it's 2019. It's the future. Are we setting it in like 2025 or something? Yeah. Like, so this is good. I, when I when I said that, I immediately thought like, do you use that as a way to explain why there's psychic powers? Because there's a couple ways you can go here, right? Like one, it's it's set in current day, 1981, when the movie was actually filmed, or whatever, and it's underground. It's government experiments from the 60s and 70s, and exactly. that's where these guys got there. And so Co-intel, they did pro, fallout, sure, right. shit. Which is fun. Yeah, I yeah, said that dismissively. That's, that's, that's Maybe fun. it's the next stage of human evolution, and so you set it in like 2010 or 2019, right? Kind of the X-Men yeah. thing. Sure. And then you can play around with like future soldier stuff, and like again, it can be like a new world order or something. I don't know. I don't know that you have to do any of that stuff. I kind of like being a little ambiguous about it and having like like making it one of those movies that's set in the not too distant future, but it's only set there so that you can have like weird looking computers, right? Like you can hand wave some of the cool tech stuff you want to do. But the cars just look a little different. Yeah, right? the cops have computers in their cars, you know, and There's they a have silver like, bar. Across. The cop uniforms look a little bit more Nazi-ish or whatever they yeah. do. To just their, of... their guns are a little boxier with like scopes on them. Like I like <laughs> it's that. just a little bit in the future. I think, and it can even we can even hand wave it like that. Like nobody knows where this phenomenon's emerging. But like a lot of these dudes are in the criminal world. Oh, that's how you do it. You do the you do the fucking like oh, we'll do like a soft version of the Babylon Five thing at the beginning, where it's like this is Officer Santiago. She specializes in mind crimes, and it's like mind crimes. I thought we sent all of them to the psychic camps or whatever. And she's like, well, most oh, Venus. Of them, yeah, <laughs> most of them get through the system all right. They you know we send them off to Venus to the psychic camps, but every once in a while one slips through and they go bad. That's where I come in. Me, Officer Santiago. <laughs> It's a that's a little in a good way a little bit Blade Runner esque too. Oh yeah yeah she's replicant hunting right yeah except but, we're gonna spend a whole lot more time with the replicants and it's gonna be a whole lot more fun right <laughs> okay so it's good it's good it's basically like a sci-fi thriller at this point right? yeah yeah okay and I want to concentrate good. on like cutting to the cop. And she's trying to piece together this crime and, like, why it's happening and whatever. And then I really like the reveal at the end that, like, maybe they do this every four or five years just to just to show they can fuck with people. You know who would make a great cop? Who do you got? Um, you remember on the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation when they replaced Dr. Crusher 
with that actress who was on the original Star Trek, and she was like the doctor for like one season. Yeah, yeah. What is her um, name? I know that actress. I'm going to have to look it up. She's very good. I could get the doctor's name before I can get that actress's name. I know. I feel really uh, good this, but... Yeah, they replaced Crusher with the with the nice lady with the with the curly hair. The nice white grandma. Dr. Pulaski. Pulaski, there you go. And... Diana Moldar. Uh, she might be the right age, too. Might be a little on the old side, but I'd kind of buy it. Well, it just depends on when we set the film. That's true. With, I guess Peter, early with Peter Weller and David Carradine, you go like, well, when, 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 do, when, when do you want to set that? Set that? What Is did it gonna Weller be like do a... before RoboCop? Hmm? What did Weller do before RoboCop? Uh, Buckaroo Bonsai? Yeah, that's right. Shit. Yeah. Whoa. That's 84? That yeah. Right? Wow, I blanked that he was in, in Bonsai. Oh, it's probably my favorite Peter Weller role. Even yeah, more it's so a than great Robocop. Film. Um, I love Buckaroo Bonsai. Okay, that feels pretty good. She has, a, I mean, she has a great look around that time. I mean, Hell yeah. What's her name again? Uh, her name is Diana Mol- uh, Moldar. Moldar. Diana Moldar. Moldar. Okay. Um, she's, she's about the right age. Okay, I like it. So she's officer. I just like I like. You mentioned Santiago as the name. Sure, why okay, not? Great. That's <laughs> probably something. Sure, I probably did not We're make that whole cloth. Porcelain white woman named Santiago. That's okay. What are we gonna call Peter Weller? Should they have names, or should they like? Should it be one of those things where they were they they give themselves you know nom de plumes or whatever you know? They're like the the the. The, the west wind or whatever or uh, you know the green shadow or they give themselves um, kind of hilarious names or do you want it to just be like yeah or or do you want them to have like i kind of like just last names oh you yeah, know what uh, i mean yeah like uh oh you know what would be a good name is corsair good that's nice I know it's a name for, like, a pirate, but it's a good name. Okay, we're going to make that David Carradine. Okay. Because I want Wellers to be kind of like... Because Corsair is very, like, romantic, right? Yeah, very And I think Errol, we can even Errol play Flynn. that up with him. Like, he's... Yeah. Maybe that's his thing, right? Is, like, he's very, like... He's almost like an empath. Like, he can sense and affect people's emotions a little bit. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, and so he's kind of swaggery. Oh, I like that very That's much. fun, right? That's, yeah. But and not, not Peter, goofy, not camp. No, 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 no. I think this whole thing and... Charles, who sent this in, would appreciate this. I think it should very much have that feeling of like Terminator. Um, yes. Uh, d- uh, like Blade Runner, dark early eighties sci-fi. Highlander, yeah. yeah. Tech noir. We're we're doing tech noir, except for it's psych noir. Psych noir. That's just, very good. Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. We're doing psych noir. What was no, Mulder's first name again? I'm sorry. Do what? What was Ms. Ms. Moldar's first name? Oh, I've already forgotten. Nancy or something? I think it was. We're, I feel like I'm being really dismissive of her, and she's very good. Um, Diana. Diana. Diana Moldar. How do you feel about Stone for Peter Weller's name? Stone and, Stone and Corsair. I like it. I'm trying to say them together because I know they're Stone going to be said together a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be like... But I Although, think monosyllabic you know you know with Corsair is, you know, is good. You know how I try this out sometimes in my head? Is What's that? I do basically the last uh, act of Akira with the two guys going like, I'm on to you, Corsair! You'll never catch me, Stone! That's Stone? not bad. Yeah, Stone's kind of fun. That's pretty good. Okay. I can work with Stone. Well, I just think it's like, his name's like Frank Stone. 
right? I was gonna put it's Frank like, in front of Frank Corsett. You know why? I bet it was Frank Castle that was in my head. I, you know, the Punisher, Frank Castle. I mean, yeah, Castle's not a bad one either. Castle and Corsair. It's not bad at all. But that's fine. I like Stone and Corsair. I like Stone and okay, Corsair. Okay, this is good too because it makes it makes our David Weller character more like detached. And I think maybe see okay. Do you want to do it that way where they have the same powers, or Did do you, you want to have David like, Weller? You can't station these sorry, two Peter people Weller. together. To sorry, you. Peter Weller. <laughs> That's gonna get real weird. Do you want Stone and Corsair to have the same psychic powers, like they have the same suite of powers, or do you think like one of them is like he can suggest ideas and read thoughts, and the other one can send messages and like move shit with his brain? Sorry, pause on that real quick because that scene where they go like to the club and they meet and like, there's like people playing cards and stuff. Yes. I've just decided, I think I, I want precogs to be like ultra rare. And in this movie, I want there to only be one. And he's like the club owner. So like they sit down at the bar in the club scene. You want there to only be one precog. And I think he's that guy in the underworld who like, he knows what everybody's doing. He's like the cleaner. He's like the guy who there's like the, like everyone goes to him. Everyone can trust him. He runs the club. He always knows you're going to walk in. He always knows your drink order. He never rats anyone out. Like, is he, he a, knows before a fight's going to break out. Is he a funny character? I think it's a little, it's an opportunity for a little bit of levity. I also like him being kind of like a, like a puppet master character. Where like, he's helping people put crews together and he's helping like, you know what I mean? Like he's detached. Yeah, he's I'm not sorry. A man. He's, I'm in, I'm in thought. I'm trying to, I'm theater of the mind. I'm theater yeah, yeah, of the yeah. mind. I'm trying it's to, like, I'm trying to picture it. And I'm saying he, but it could go either way. Like, I think there, it'd be cool to have this anchor character. Who's like, like as the, as the person's walking up to the bar, the bartender puts a, like the cocktail they wanted in front of them. And then he looks over and the guy's like, knew you were going to be here stone. And he's like, you always do. Well, see the, the reason, the reason <laughs> like I asked of the hut character. Is yeah. What we're talking about. Well, yeah. the reason I asked if he was funny or not is I was like, it would be really fun to have someone like Brian Doyle Murray, who's not, mm. he's not like a slapstick fall out of your sure, chair yeah. guy, but I mean, guy, you, what, as much as anyone wrote Caddyshack, wrote Caddyshack in the improv movie, but like, hit, you know, young Brian Doyle Murray, where he had that little pencil thin mustache and stuff. Yeah, do it, man. He'd be kind of interesting coming in and out of the shadows and sort of, you don't know if he's funny or serious. I think he could play that. No, I think that's a good character. That's, that works. That's an interesting character, and I I think I think he should have a um, little little early for him if we're going early eighties, but he could do it. Well, Caddyshack. Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that's kind of fun. Like have him cleaning glasses and have him kind of like yeah going over to the poker table, being like, "Stop cheating!" Dude, like he knows well, everything that's happening. Also, I mean, just totally think about like David Carradine and. Um, uh, Peter Weller, their their voices are low, right? Yeah, Brian Doyle tense. But like, Brian Doyle Murray, a little more heavy, set hey, slides yeah. in, and he's like, "Hey, good to see you, Stone." Good you know, like Stone. That's not bad. How's tricks, Corsair? That's... <laughs> good night, Stone. Good night, Corsair. Good night, Frank. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Frank. Okay, okay, so that's cool. So, so okay, so the setup is we're in the nondescript, not too distant future. Yeah, psychic Ro- Robocop thing. again. Robocop. Another Perfect. like Robocop. Yes. Yes. Uh, there are psychics. Uh, the majority of them can just glean thoughts and information, but it's deemed dangerous, and so they're tested and they're taken away for government jobs. And nobody ever really hears about them again, but it's not a problem. But a la Blade Runner, sometimes they get out, sometimes it goes wrong, sometimes kids slip through the cracks. 
I would like to do the Donna- sometimes some crimes I'm just gonna go slipping do. in the mind, but Santi Arco. I'm very pleased with yourself. No, it's good. That's very There's good. No There's no case to <laughs> When you need help, just call Mind Crimes. Okay, that was very good. Um, I wish everyone could have seen the dance because the dance helped. Anyway, I, the I, audio I, on that's going to be inundated <laughs> dancing all over the place. So anyway, to continue yeah, my summation. No, you know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. So like, just to get us to where we are. Right. So there are mind crimes. Definitely. Uh, Officer Santiago, played by Deanna Moldar, uh, has to chase down these criminals. Uh, two of the best. Uh, we didn't give Corsera first name. He didn't need one. Stone and Corsera. No, I would just want Peter last Peter Miller and David Carradine. Yeah. Uh, they meet up. They're also nondescript nouns, which means like you don't know if they're their last names or if they're chosen names. Like they're very ambiguous. Yeah, I like that I very like much. I like that a lot. Also, one is 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 very romantic and theatrical, and the other one is very like grounded and so yeah. very nice. No, I it's cool. Yeah, I think one, that's good one's kind of a scoundrel, and the other's kind of like a I calculated. Would, I think it would help you if you were actually punching up a script. I think that would be nice. Yeah. Like it, it 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 plays. I think it plays really good. Okay. Yeah. You know what would be cool? Let's so let's do this. Let's make Corsair is kind of the empath one who gleams thoughts, and then I think I want to give Peter Weller the stone character he can like move shit with his mind and he's really good at like he's like a cat burglar type like he can like slip up walls and like he can like you know slink in the shadows and like throw objects with his brain so now they meet and they're like you haven't seen you in a while corsair like good to see you stone so we're gonna do this and he's like you know the target right yeah it's the whatever nagasaki corporation well top floor let's go whatever it is right like and then Santiago somehow has to find out about this and get on the trail. Then we have to have a scene, a couple of scenes where she's chasing them around and then kind of a final confrontation. I'm trying to figure out the origin of their relationship. Does it matter? It doesn't really matter, but not so much the origin of their relationship, but the origin of this sort of competition that they're involved in. Mm. And what I was trying to think of is if there was a way that we could hand wave it. I kind of hate this sort of exposition, but it's very effective sometimes. They use it in the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. They use it in the Mm. first Ninja Turtles film where you have like basically somebody on television. There's a debate on TV about, oh sure, you know, psychics, yeah, mind crimes. What's going on with that? And as, as that television uh, interview plays out you see mm. different shots of stone and corsair sort of preparing to do like a la highlander sure like that same kind of setup i'm just sort of i i want it it's a very good idea but i feel like if you were watching it you'd go like why are they doing it? i don't understand. see i don't i don't think you need it right it's kind of like like think about like oceans 11 right okay like the the, the remake like when it starts off, it's just like Danny Ocean's a criminal. He got caught. He has an idea for a heist. He's going to get the team back together. The team's on the case. Now they're going to go do the heist. And you don't really have to go like, how did him and Brad Pitt meet? Okay, so because there's one scene where they're like, yeah, we did a job together, and you got caught. And so, it's like, okay, great. Like this is what these guys do. This is the world they live in. And if you present it that way, the audience will go along with it. Then do what you just did for Ocean's Eleven with this. Okay, I think. I mean, I think you can have the the. Um, the um the bartender precog guy i think he can be the one that kind of does that we're like zed his name is zed zed perfect wait that's not the guy from men in black is it? it is okay fuck it that's not his name um <laughs> <laughs> like they walk into the club the first guy gets there stone gets there 
he puts a, a, a glass of whiskey neat in front of Stone. And Stone's like, great, thanks. And he goes to a table. Then Corsair walks in and he hands him a, I don't know, a super dressed up Manhattan or something, right? It's got to be something with some swagger. Something yellow, limey. Yeah. They <laughs> go to the limey. table and, yeah, you just have like a, a nondescript character be like, like, is that Stone and Corsair? And be like, yeah. I'd be like, I thought they hated each other. He goes, no, nah, they go way back. They've been through this, you know, they, they used to work together. Then they had a falling out. Uh, but every couple years, they wander in here and have a conversation like this. And the guy's like, what are they talking about? And he's like, kid, I would tell you if I knew. Or, or this, See, this is what I needed. This is it's great. Like a, it's like these guys. That's this very is what nice. These guys very do. nice job. It's, like, it's very like the Han Solo done. and Chewbacca thing. Like, right. hey, you owe Jabba money. Who's Jabba? We don't fucking care. Yeah. He kills the guy. He runs out. Cool. I know everything I need to know about Han Solo. Somebody, he's, he's a wanted man. He doesn't care about shooting people. <laughs> like, So I think, yeah, you just set him up as like, these are criminal rivals. And every couple years they get together and they pull like these huge jobs. I like this very much. This and then, is good. Oh, and then what you do is that nosy character, he's like, wow, okay, great. And then he walks outside and you see him like look around and he pulls out like a little sophisticated, like he has like a Q-tip, right? That's actually a cell phone. And sure. he's like, uh, officer, whatever, reporting in. Like, I think something big's going down. Yeah. Corsair and Stone are back in town. And then, yeah, you cut to <laughs> mind crimes, and it's like, yeah, okay, now, we, now we're into it. Like, he's an informant. Nice canon films open with, like, a that pounding action film yeah. soundtrack and just hard titles. No, yeah. No scenes. That, oh, I like that. very. That's very good. I also like the idea that, like, a la Highlander, there will occasionally be other psychic characters because that then anytime you need exposition it's either the cop or mm-hmm. it's another psychic character sure. and they can all have last names like that like you could have like lynch or you could have like yeah that's cool um uh, well i mean like not lynching as a concept right but, like, but the concept lynch, that they all have mo- like flick, somewhat monosyllable yeah you know like right right they all have cool like gi joe sounding names yeah, <laughs> yeah that are just sort of nouns yeah or 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 just you know, just simple words. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Slick. that. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of the psychic version of like fingers and numbers. And exactly. Like that. Yes. Okay. So, so, okay. so that makes it makes it feel criminally. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So now we need we really need to focus on the crimes part now. Well, I like, we do you like great... the do you like the like pulling the rug out from under the audience ending? That the whole thing was just like I like it a very much. Bet. I think in order to get there, though, we have to have these high stakes. Oh, for sure, events, and I think we need to address that. Why? Why I was saying that was if you like that, then the second act just we don't really have to explain why, but it has to be like over the top set pieces of them getting closer and closer to their goal. Because well, at the end, the goal doesn't matter. It right? comes back so, to so intacto, the, right? Like basically, you want to set up these great, yes, weird uh, set pieces mm-hmm. that involve low-level psychic crimes yeah and then it builds to a really huge crime yeah and the payoff of which is the cop the cop ends up with the briefcase and there's a dollar inside of it right Right. that's the way it ends right so what 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 do we want what do we want i'm gonna come back to that because i know how this film ends and i know how it sets up for a sequel but we will come to that well let's I want to talk about these mind crimes they're going to commit. Well, okay, so where is the briefcase with the dollar in it, and why is it there? Like, is it at the top of a skyscraper? See, I was thinking it's got to be something like that, or it has to be, um, it has to be in the <gasps> vault, or it has to be. Oh, I would. What also... if they? What if they did this? What if? Oh my God! Okay, so they're at the bar. This better be good. I Zed's one. there, right? We have the informer character. He runs outside. Oh no! Even better, he's still there. Uh, you see. Stone passes Corsair a briefcase. He opens it up, looks in it, closes it, nods. They both walk up to the bar. 
they hand, they slide it over to Zed and they both look at him and he goes, Oh, it's going to be a good one this year. Oh, I like this. And then they're like, okay. Like he doesn't say like stone, good luck. Or like Corsair, do your best. Or so he's like, Oh, this one's going to be interesting. He takes the briefcase and the informant's like, Holy shit. Okay. So he calls the cops. Now the hunt is on the, the precog hides the briefcase because he's the only one who knows who's going to win. This is very good. And so like, of course, they have to go through a series of like, it's like the game or like in Tacto where like they have to go through a series of events to like learn where the case is, right? Uh, and that's where you get to see them doing all of their sort of psychic manipulation of people, right? All these marks are, are always going to be like security people or it'll be mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, somebody whose husband works at at a, a, a data collection company and they mm-hmm. sort of like manipulate her mind and tell oh this is good that's very good i like this i just i don't know i mean maybe it's not super important but like i i just wonder like okay the precog is going to hide the briefcase and now it's like a it's like a cup game right right where is it who has it how are they going to find it sure and so immediately like they have to start i don't even know how they would begin though like does he give them a clue does he give them a place to start like like that's cool like did they hand him the briefcase and he hands them like the map to like fuck steal it from oceans 11 a casino they don't know why they're going they don't know what's there but he's like that's your first stop it's funny you said that because i said uh it would be really fun since we're doing a heist movie yeah do it on a cruise ship or something like that okay that could be cool like uh or a riverboat casino you know what i mean first thing like it's it's one of those night casinos where like goes out in the bay that's what i mean yeah yeah so like the whole movie's not there but that's the first set piece but there would be and so now no no no, check this out it's really cool so yeah he gives him he slides him two tickets to the night casino so now the informant knows where they're going to be he doesn't know what's in the briefcase he didn't know what just happened right so now santiago has to be on that boat who does she see? Stone and Corsair, both in tuxedos. No, actually, just Corsair. He's in the tuxedo. Stone is doing like wet work shit. Yeah. He's like hanging from the rafters and like moving through the engine room. Neither of them know why they're there. They have to use their psychic powers to commit mind crimes to get the next clue. This is you can even have like Stone as a waiter and everyone else yes. sees him. Oh god, everyone, that's cool. He's projecting everyone else sees him as somebody different. Well, Corsair would be that way. Well, oh well, okay, I'm getting their powers mixed up. But we can mix the powers too. It doesn't matter. Well, but that's what I'm saying is like, you know, you could do that thing where everyone else sees them as one person, but they're Actually, that kind of fits into like projecting. his like spy wetworks power suite. Sure. I kind of like like yeah, he can obscure his face. Right. And he's good at like moving shit with his brain. Right. Perfect. And that's it's so psychic, cool. so there's so cool. So there's no technology to track it. We're not doing minority report where, well, there, except, where there's tech. Oh, that's so fucking cool though, because like, okay, whatever happens on the cruise ship, right? They get the next clue. It stays on the cruise ship. Well no, like yes. <laughs> what's the what's <laughs> like what give me the next set piece? Cruise ship is good. Give me another one. Cruise ship. The next one um let's do I like keeping it in like CD places like casinos, subway bars. tunnel. Subway tunnel, nondescript. Okay, perfect. Okay. So the next clue is subway tokens or a way to get into the subway or something like that. Or a subway map. Okay. Whatever. They get it. Subway map is good. Switching trains, lots of stations. That's very good. Really fun, right? So they, like, Santiago knows that something is up with this Corsair guy because she sees him, like, moving around, talking to lots of people. She can't, he's not on the guest list. She has her little palm computer. She can't find his face on there. Right. Uh, and then she does, and she sends it back to the office, and they're like, that's a fake. That guy's no, but that's Corsair. Yeah. She's like, fuck, okay, blah, blah, blah. They do the whole thing. He gets away, and she's like, there's, oh, fuck. He gets away. 
and she's like dang i guess that was it whatever but then they figure out somehow like maybe he says it like stone was also on board i don't know but what i think would be really cool is she goes back and reviews the footage and the waiter she saw with like the outrageous mustache and the long hair is just peter well it's just because he can't he can't fake cameras can't fake it right he can't fake he can fake you but he can't fake cameras right so if you were if you're trying to take his photo, he would, would look like Peter right. Weller. But if you're just there, in a, he can look like anyone. That's so, great. So now she's got actually that has things like that. I think are good details to put in because they reinforce the fact that they are criminals. Yeah, they're yeah. committing crimes. Right. Just the payoff isn't anything. Right. So no, I like this now because she has two faces, and one of them could be anybody. But he can't, like, change his body proportions and stuff like that. So, like... No, 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 no. Again. But you have, like... Li- limited, limit, limited but freaky psychic powers. But now she's got to fight the charmer, who she knows what he looks like, but he's slippery as fuck, and he can pull information off people and suggest subtly suggest that people, like, move into people's way. Yeah. And she's got to fight Face, who's also a wetworks guy. So he can look like anybody, and he could be anywhere. So one guy you can always see, but you don't know what he's going to do next. The other guy could be anywhere. <laughs> like, This is very good. Okay, so the next stop's the subway. Right. She gets there. She spots Corsair. He's dressed like a businessman or something, like kind of yeah, casually. Yeah, He gets on a train. She gets on the train. And then, like, as she's trying to get to him, like, he's subtly making, like, people drop groceries in front of her. Or, like, he's moving through the cars. So she has to move through the cars, right? I like this because it's not like he can make the train stop, but no. he, he can make everything in the train right. happen. Right? And then you do that thing where you go up through the ceiling of the train car, and Stone is like clinging to the top of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. That's very good. Okay. That's very good. But what's the like? What's the what's the what, next clue? What's, what are the clues? See, that's. What if it's like the driver of the train? Like it's like a. Oh, that could be kind of cool. What if like what if there's like a brick on the gas pedal basically? I was gonna I was gonna say what if there's no driver? Right. There's no driver. There's no driver, there's just a clue in the seat. Whoever gets it first. And a brick on the pedal. So like the train's gonna crash. Right. And then the cop gets to the front of the train. Yep. Then she's gotta do a speed thing right stop the train but of course the criminals are gone so slip slip my fingers again. And that's a cool moment for the Wait, but the they, both, they both have to get. They both have to get the next clue. Yeah, it can just be like a statue of a rabbit or something. Like they see it and they're like, "Okay, that's the next." Oh, step, they right? see- it's like. Oh, and then she can see it as well. well so, so what I was going to say is like, yeah, like she's following Corsair because she knows what he looks like. Corsair kind of figures out somebody's following him, ditches her. She sees him going to the car. He gets the thing. He jumps off mid train or something, right? Stone slips in. She's like, or she catches them basically, right? Getting the clue. So they all three see each other and they know like, okay, she's seen us. She knows who we are. She, she's on the case too. Like she was on the cruise ship. She's also on the train. She's got the clues. So now, and, and they're like, and by the way, she's like, this train's going to crash and kill everybody in the station. And they're like, sorry, they jump off the train. She can't chase them because she has to stop the train now. The third, the the clue that they find in the subway, mm-hmm. sitting on the seat, is going to be a, the clue to the final action set piece. Okay. And what do you think? Casino chip? It's a postcard for the Natural History Museum. Perfect. So Great setting. Fin- so After Hours Gala, are you thinking, or just Closed Museum? We could go either way. We could do both. We could actually. We could do both. Just do both. The nice thing I There's like about the Natural History Museum is yeah. like 
at that point, they're going to be throwing everything they got. We've established they can't do, you know, I can't turn myself into a giant thing or whatever, mm. but I might be able to make you hallucinate that a tiger, a stuffed tiger came to life. You understand oh, what I'm saying? Oh, cool. So a natural history museum surrounds you with enough stuff to play with. Yeah. So you have artifacts, you have musical instruments, you have animals. Mm-hmm. You could really fuck a person's mind for sure. in a natural history museum. So not only do we now have Corsair and Stone mm-hmm. fighting with each other uh, or competing, competing with each other, yeah. but also completely fucking with this cop. Can we okay? Can we lift from RoboCop the private, the like public private military police thing? Because I have an idea for the last set piece that I think could be fun. Well, what do you got? Well, what I was thinking is like, what if it's not just a gala? What if it's a gala for the company that like runs the cops or like a security company? So now there's like dudes in body armor with machine guns. I, the privatized and, police is a very easy near okay, future. If you don't wave. feel like that's just fully oh, ripping. Oh no, 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 okay. no, no, no! I don't. Because then bad. I love the idea that like Stone can be the police chief. And go like go get her. Oh, that's very. And the cops are like, okay, yeah, we oh, can, yeah. the boss no, said really it, like that. right? Or he can just, yeah, he can just become a, a waiter at the party, and then Corsair can kind of do the same thing, where he can like glean the map of the of the museum off the curators and shit. Like, well, now we come to the to the million dollar, well, actually, to the one dollar question. Yeah, which is how does she ultimately win? Okay, I mean, I think it's a cat and mouse thing, and we just play with that. She has no psychic powers, right? We're, we're firm on that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. I don't want to do that dumb thing where it's like, oh, she was, she, right. she's a psychic too. She was precog, whatever. Yeah, well, so what I was thinking is what if the whole thing, and I mean, I don't know that how much we have to like actually say this because like we're going to have them like running on dinosaur skeletons and like jumping through glass exhibits and like you said, like aboriginal spears are being thrown around. Like, Causing hallucinations. Things yeah, like that. it's going to be a ton of fun. Wild stuff. But I think it all ends on the rooftop where there's like a waiting helicopter and a briefcase or something like there's a briefcase just like sitting in the helipad she figures out that's what they're going oh, after with the pilot waiting right or and something right yeah okay and i don't really know how she throws them off but that's my question is like that has to be the scene right okay, well let's do it because i want to get to this ending well i do too so how how do I you mean how do oh. you beat these guys she has to play them against each other exactly so she convinces she has to convince Corsair that Stone is gonna look like her. Or something. So that like she has to like play their powers on each other. Where like she has to convince Corsair that Stone looks like somebody who it isn't. So Corsair goes after him so she can deal with Stone and that leaves the briefcase open. It's very good. We just have to figure out what it is. Well. Okay, okay, what if what if she uses the camera thing she learned on the cruise ship? That's okay, I'm trying to get at that. So she gets a television reporter who's there covering the event. Okay. To like basically like he's like or she gets the camera and she's like looking over the audience and she can spot Stone because it doesn't show up on the camera. Right. So she can chase him down. Oh, that's that's fun. Now they're in the exhibits. Stone is throwing aboriginal spears, he's creating hallucinations. Now she's in the shit. She thought she had him. Uh, Corsair picks up on the fact like he gleams the information that she's found stone so she, he goes after them okay now they're all in the exhibits fighting they know that it's somewhere I guess they know it's on the roof maybe they don't fuck how are they going to get that information shit screenwriting's hard 
Yeah, what the hell are we doing here? This is this is ridiculous. But see, and, and I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm actually really enjoying this. This is what happens when you do a character movie and not a big concept movie. And I like this a lot because now we have these three people. We've, we've drawn them all together. Mm-hmm. We have to have this scene. Like it, it's crucial. This is this is how the we get to the end. But I think I think that's a fun way to do it. Is like, oh, that's what you do. Like they think they've got her, right? So she like she's fighting Stone for a little while. Stone gets away, but Corsair is there. They wrestle through the museum. She needs he gra- to- no. He grabs her and he goes, "Where's the package?" And she goes, she's like not going to tell him. And he goes, thanks, and runs away. He gets to the rooftop. No, no, it has to go the other way. She kind of has to willow her way out of this. She kind of has to disappearing pig trick this shit. But this is what I'm thinking is like, yeah, when she when when Corsair grabs her and is like, where where is it? She's like, I'm going to run up on the roof and get it. So Corsair's like, well, I'm going to the roof. He lets her go. He gets up to the roof. No, oh, fuck. I'm trying to figure out a way to get like... Yeah, okay. Well, shit. So what I was thinking is... Could she... Well, well, here's what I was thinking. Okay. Can you get him up on the roof where Corsair and the cop are on the roof? I was trying and to Corsair see if Corsair is convinced could... that's Stone pretending to be the cop. Right. Can she... Can we Can we have her kill Stone is what I'm trying to say. Because that's the easiest way to make that happen. No, I want them all three to live. Oh, because oh, you have a sequel set up. I have an mind. idea. I have okay. an idea at the end that I think All right, well, fun. then you're not letting me kill anybody, which is what how I get out of things. So, But uh, I'm so close to getting it because like, I think the answer is she puts in Corsair's head that Stone, imitating her, is going to go to the roof. Is there a way she... Then when he gets up there, he's like, oh, that's Stone. I'm going to shoot him. Is there a way she, she can... He, hold on. Corsair shoots Stone. She falls dead. And then Stone appears and he's like, the fuck? Stone like knocks him out with a judo chop and is like, time to get the briefcase. And as he walks up, Santiago sits up. She's Clint Eastwooded it, pulls open her Kevlar vest and like she darts. Brown yeah, like darts Stone. It's like somehow she she flips the whole thing, right? She plays them against each other. So she needs but, to have Stone indisposed. She needs to trap him somehow. Yeah. Or, you know, um, Maybe she convinces him that the that the uh, the briefcase is in a vault or something, and he goes in, and she just locks the vault. What see? if? And then you see him sort of cracking the vault inside with his mind. You you do that shot where you see the little wheels well, turning thinking, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We could even do like, what if he goes in? Like, there's cops there, right? They're protecting the gala. Sure. There's night sh- night security, right? Absolutely. So you have the scene in the booth, and all of a sudden, all the cameras get cut. And they have like a, they have pasted pictures of these guys they're supposed to be looking out for, and they're like the security cameras are out, and so her the whole time Stone is like nobody can fucking catch me. You have no cameras, so her whole thing is like she plays him in a certain way that like he they end up hooking the cameras back up. He looks up, all the red lights turn on, the security booth kicks on. They're like Stone's in the West Wing, and he's like fuck, he's got to move. So now he's like he leaves it and he's just like cat burgling his way through the like he can't be out in the open now. Because they got cameras everywhere. That's good. So that that's gets rid good. of him. Yeah, that's now really her good. Now and Corsair fight, and she's like, I'm going to run up to the roof. Or, yeah, Stone's going to the roof. That's what she, Stone's going to the roof. Stone's going to the roof. So he's like, fuck, I got to get to the roof. She runs up there too. He's like, I know you're Stone. Bang, bang, bang. Ugh. Real Stone. Ha ha, I predatored you. Judo chop. He goes for the briefcase. She gets up, stun guns him. And then I think what I want to do, here's what I want to do for the ending. She goes over and opens up the case, and there's a dollar in it. 
And I don't know if it happens here or if it like cuts to later, like her in the co- in the police office, like filing paperwork. But she gets an invitation that says, basically, good luck next year. So they're going to invite her next year to the gentleman's bet. That's very good. It's very good. Because they're like, look, you won fair and square. Yeah. You got all the clues. You were at all the locations. Just because we have psychic, you're, you're welcome to come get us again. Catch me if you can. <laughs> you know where she's at? She's at the, it's not, it's not the police station later. It's mm. at the psychic club. Because she didn't catch them. They escape, right? Well, I don't because okay, so this is a good point. Let me, we got, well, let, we got, me, let me let me pitch something. Well, hold on, let's let, let's let's deal with your point though, because one guy gets judo chopped, the other guy gets stun gunned. Do they get arrested? And I then th- they break out, or do they just slip away? I think they I think that they get way. away because it sets up what I think would make a nice uh, way to play your final scene. Yeah, which is that they they've slipped away so she's still staking out Brian yeah. Doyle Murray's club yeah and she's there one night because that's the last lead yeah okay and he's cleaning glasses and he's like hey you know you uh, come over here and she comes over here and he's like um uh, uh Corsair and Stone left something for you hmm. and she's like really it's an envelope or yeah. whatever it is and he's good she, luck next year and it's a good luck and she looks at him and, SNC. and look up at you look up at yeah SNC is great <laughs> and and then she looks up at Brian Doyle mm-hmm. Murray and he's like good luck or whatever yeah, you know and yeah. he's wiping the glass and it's then gonna be a good it year. just turns around here and then that <laughs> long shot pulls it you start pulling away inside this club yes and then you go to your dun 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 yes dun 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 pretty darn good if I don't this think... movie looked like black rain oh, like God, i yeah. would be i would be so hard into this if film. it looked like highlander I would be but i like that it's like a it's like a cop willing to do everything and then she gets to the end and realizes the whole thing was a game but she's invited to play the game and so she's like oh fuck yeah like i think she's kind of into it i like, think and i think a way to cool. make it meaningful cool. i think as you is you show her throughout because she's she's solving puzzles the whole time right sure yeah and yeah. so you're and stopping catastrophes, she, like she, they're going to sink the cruise ship, clearly, they're going to crash the train. A, she's a she's a good person. I'm not saying she's a bad person, mm. but I don't think we'll do a kill the cat, uh, save the cat thing at the beginning. I'd like to leave it ambiguous because I'd like for I'd like to see her sort of be proud of herself for sort of mm. solving these things and going along. And that way, at the end, you're really not sure whether or not she'll do it or not yeah that's like fun. you genuinely think she might be like yeah well and the way you set that up is at the beginning you kind of make her dismissive and even like a little bigoted bigoted towards psychic people sure where she's like these animals need to be reined in yeah and she's like these two guys fuck next on my docket let's go get them but then she, she kind of gets be, this br- she can even be the one being interviewed on tv yeah yeah but then by the end she has this like begrudging respect where she's like these guys are kind of cool i'm sort of into this like cat and mouse thing I'm still going to be a cop, but maybe even it's that. It ends with her being like, I'm going to catch them one day. But you, you don't know. You, you don't know. know. What, you know she what, just knows next year she's got another shot. And you know how else That's you can really make cool. that work is that they haven't stolen any money. They Nobody. haven't killed anybody. Nope. The only thing they've done is trick people. They're not and trash a museum. <laughs> well, and, well, but again, I want the museum thing to be like illusions, like people thinking that there are fires that aren't there, or like tigers right. are attacking that aren't attacking, or God, like cool. people think they hear gunshots and nobody has any guns. Right. So it's like they're not actual crimes. 
their mind cries. Yeah, they're not really like I like that's a really that's one of those things that like it's the thing you tell people when they get it's like usual suspects you get to the end you're like go back and watch it again they never hurt anyone they never steal anything they never break anything like yeah i guess they assume some people's identities which is sort of a crime but like but it's not nothing nothing unprovable yeah basically like, victimless crime yeah if they got caught i'd be like what are you gonna arrest me for it's for like, being on a boat like, like come on like we don't have any interest in your lives and that means ending them or having anything to yeah. do with them. Yeah. Like you're just pieces on a on a game board. It's all a game for us. It's yeah. a game. We're having a game. We're, it's we're a just, mind game. It's a mind game. <laughs> we're not committing real crimes. We're committing mind, mind crimes. crimes. <laughs> God, that would be such a garbage movie, and I would love it. You know, I'm really proud of us, though. We cast it, and we got through all three acts. And I'll tell you another thing about this film. And um, this is we hinted at this before um with action films this one does not need a pop song you do not want an artist on this no you it's heavy do, synth it, it's gotta be yeah you really you want you want mark isham on this one yeah you really do want that uh not just time cop but like terminator that mm-hmm. that kind of soundtrack you yeah do. Dude. you don't you don't want to i want some like four on the floor even heavy the, bass, low synth, just like yeah. Even over the, that's what I was miming earlier. It's yeah. like that's over the end credits. You want that bump, bunk, bump, 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 yeah, bump, yeah, bunk, some synth like Sega Genesis music yeah. is what you're super really limited want. synth drums. Yeah yeah, 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 like kind of monotone, and then fuck yeah, god, that's good. That's a fun movie, man. That's Mind Crimes. That's Mind Crimes. Mind thank Crimes. You, thank you, Charles. That was a really great title. I like it stylized that way too. Mind cry with the with the spaces. It's one of those like God. I can't think of the movies that do it. There was like a hundred movies in the eighties and nineties that did the thing where like I think Face Off might have done it, where the letters come out as bars and then they go like and turn. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that. Yeah, it's absolutely (laughs) that. Um, Okay, well we need to we need to wrap things up. Um, thank you so much, Charles Rogers, for Mind Crimes. Hope you enjoyed that one. If you have a new movie title suggestion that you'd like us to turn into a righteous trash film, you can send it to us at planetxcinema at gmail.com at our website, Planet X Cinema, by clicking on the submit button. Hit us up on all the shits, Facebook and Instagram, wherever you find us, and uh, and drop us a suggestion. Or if you leave a review for the show uh, on iTunes or anywhere else, and you put a movie title in that review, we will 100% do it on the show. That's our promise to you. Um... We have a screening coming up the final Friday of January. I believe it's January 25th. Uh, We're showing Stay Tuned at Kunstler Brewery in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Great film. 8 p.m., totally free. And prior to that, we will do another Now Showing episode where we talk about Stay Tuned and probably Mom and Dad Save the Universe and a bunch of other weird stuff. A bunch of other peripheral shit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Well, let's do some housekeeping. Let's do some housekeeping and get out of here. Sure. Uh, I'd like to thank Brian Ahrens for our voiceover introduction. If you're interested in Brian and his work, you can find him at brianahrensvo.com. And I would like to thank the band Pinko for the use of their song Oedipus Sex as our theme music every week. You can check them out on Bandcamp. They have a lot of great music. So please uh, give Pinko a listen. Cool. Uh, I've been Drew Hicks. I am Blair Hicks. The search for Planet X continues. Tastes like baby food. Natalie Portman was on the, on the train.